is a podcast about, you guessed it, women in LA cultivating successful lives for themselves in the grind of traffic and under the palm trees. Whether in work, relationships, friendships, whatever, LA is without question one of the world's major cultural hubs and trendsetters. And unless you're living under a rock, it's hard to ignore that this is a really exciting time for women and their perspectives. So uh, I'd like to put some stories out there of women we know in LA, working here, having relationships here, dating here, etc. And maybe you'll take away some advice or at the very least, a good story. I'm your host, Julie Roth. I am a copywriter at Electronic Arts, or EA Games. I've lived in LA seven years. It's been a crazy ride to get where I am today, and I'm currently living in beautiful Venice Beach. Today's guest is Trish Baden, creator and maker of Flores Lane, the candle company that's taking over LA with its soothing scents, modern packaging, and accessible price point. Trish moved to LA for a job she loved. But after taking a candle class and sharing her creations with friends and family, she realized she had a big idea with tons of potential. So what does it take to make your side hustle your full-time job? Trish walks us through her thought process, what pushed her to take a chance on her product, and how she's building the right support team to take Flores Lane to the next level. For anyone interested in building a business from the ground up and having the passion to make it happen, this episode is for you. Here's Trish. Okay, so five years in LA. Yeah. What were you doing when you first came out here? Did you come out here for a job or yeah, I was I was working for a tile company. I loved it. I was doing um, digital media and communications and social media and all that kind of techie stuff, which was amazing. Um, and then, long story short, I was doing full time job craziness like 60 hours a week and it was getting wild things were stressful and I was spending a ton of times indoors because I wasn't making friends because I was working so much after I moved here and so I took a candle class because I was burning so many candles indoors and in LA soy candles are a thing and well at least in LA what five years ago it was a thing nowhere else and soy? Yeah, soy mm-hmm. candles. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm burning these 70 80 $90 candles. And so I'm like spending all of my extra cash on candles. What was I thinking? And so I took a candle class to meet people. And <laughs> I like in hindsight, it's so funny. Um, okay. So I took a class to meet people and then also learn how to make candles so I could stop spending so much money. Um, and I was the youngest person in the class by like 40 years. <laughs> By, like, a long shot. And people were avoiding eye contact with me. And it was just great. It was... Yeah, so I learned how to make great candles. <laughs> how to make great? Great candles. I didn't I didn't make any friends. Oh, you learned how to make great candles. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a type of candle for a second. I was no, like, just describe soy. Describe great candles just for soy. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I learned how to make all kinds, actually. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so that was, like, an abridged version of my little gateway into candles i like it i know so then um i was just it was hilariously all an accident but looking back i couldn't have done it better um because it was an experiment so i had a full-time job 
and it was a hobby. So I was just putting a little bit of money here and there into it. I wasn't breaking my bank. I was spending way less money in general than I was normally on my candles. So I started to um, send them to my friends and test out blends because I wasn't really sure what people were liking. And so then my mom was gifting them to people and my friends were gifting them. And then it became, people were like, oh my God, can we get some of these for Christmas? And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh yeah. So then I started sending them to people and then all of a sudden I was losing money on something that I was doing. I was like, what am I doing? What the hell? So then I opened an Etsy shop and it was funny. I was getting orders from people I didn't know and it was I was so confused. And then... Um, I went to the Melrose Trading Post, which is, I'm not sure if you know about that. You do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's for, for those that are listening that don't know, um, the Melrose Trading Post is awesome. It's a local market, Fairfax and Melrose, and they take, I mean, well, it's all kinds of creatives that bring stuff, make stuff, vintage things. I mean, whatever. So I show up there on Sunday and I don't even know if I had labels for my candles, but I probably bought 60 mason jars and filled them with, you know, obviously candle wax and whatever, and just made like apple, teakwood, um, like <laughs> jasmine, like basic cotton um, fragrances. And then I sold out $2,000 and like, you know what I mean? Like um, oh the first God. week I did it and I was really confused because I was, I was so confused because I mean, I don't know, because I don't know. I mean, the price point was great, but I wasn't quite sure why my candles were sticking out. And then I sat back to myself and I thought to myself, I was thinking, I found a gap in the marketplace because I created something that I needed and that I wanted. And I feel like other people would probably need and want the same thing. So I was testing out something that I'm pretty sure was working. And so then I started to go back and I made labels, you know, and figured out what I was doing, made an LLC and, you know, all of the like and got a seller's permit and rebranded to location-based candles. So that was cool. And then when I did that, I had a lot of people that were asking me on Instagram how to make them. And so at that point, I started to give DIY classes, which is a really interesting turn of events for my brand because... I did my one of my first DIY classes with Urban Outfitters, like Space 1920, Space 20. Oh, I don't know. Where is it? Um, it's in Hollywood. Oh, okay. It's by Groundworks Coffee. Sure. Across the street. Okay. Space 98. I think that's what it's called. Um, and it's an Urban Outfitters, like, experimental space. So anyway, they had oh. just a makers and doers day. And so they invited me in to do candle making classes it was just kind of like a walk-in workshop and so I gifted the girls a set of the LA candles and it was one of the first sets I ever made and they sent it off to corporate and then corporate reached out and they were they were saying hey do you think you could produce an order for New York if would if you'd be interested in making a New York line with us and we only had like I was like Okay, so then (laughs) my first actual wholesale order was to Urban Outfitters, which is wild. So wild. How long ago was that? 
two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and so that was wild. And that's also how New York got started as well um, because of we teamed up with Urban Outfitters, so, which is crazy and so much fun. Um, how did they find you the, initially? I, you said you were invited into the space. Yeah, I think they found me on Instagram. Instagram? Like, I mean, I was going to guess that. Yeah, because... I mean, honestly, go, circling back, making this full circle, my degree is in English and interactive media. So I was working in digital media and doing all of that kind of stuff. So for me, experimenting with Instagram online was almost to help my day job because I wasn't quite sure that Flores was going to even be anything. And so it was an experiment. And I was, you know, learning hashtags and I'm a horrible photographer. Like if anyone follows Flores, they know that like 99.9 of the picture, 99.9% of the pictures are just finger in front of the lens or like I have adopted the boomerang thing just because I'm better in motion than I am in just like a singular picture. It's just, oh God. Well, I mean, you're building toward that. so where did the name come from? I live on Flores. You um, do? Yeah, it's actually Flores Street. And I thought Lane gave a better visual. And um, what's hilarious is now all of my neighbors confuse it with Lane. And so, because they know you live. Yeah, and so or, like, yeah, they know the about the And so yeah. I like will get an invite to someone's party, like one of my neighbor's parties, and it'll be like, um, you know, 1211 Flores Lane. And I'll be like, yo, this isn't real. <laughs> Like, what the heck? You need to change it. They want to be part of your imaginary world. <laughs> I, I, West Hollywood's going to have to change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it was a location company that I was creating. So it all was based on I wanted to make sure I captured where I started. Yes. And I think it's super important because I, everyone always is like, never forget where you came from. And I want that to be a part of my history, that I lived on Flores and I poured candles out of my apartment and I was always running around, you know, like with wax everywhere. And, you know, I'm just making it happen. And I think that's so cool. It's dope. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like more women and men need to try to do that too. You know, making it happen sounds so corny and cheesy, but it's just following through. I've noticed that you've had partnerships with other companies as well. So, like, for any entrepreneurs out there, once you got the ball rolling with Urban, Mm -hmm. did things start to fall into place? Do you reach out to these companies? Do they come to you? How is that all You mean for sales, for collaborations, or all of it? All of that. Okay. So, one thing that I found really useful in terms of advertising marketing would be reaching out to brands that you identify with whether it be someone that you want to sell to or if it's someone that you just really admire their instagram and the the way that things look and just gift them something and that's how a lot of my awesome relationships have started because i'm like i really like your instagram feed i'm gonna send you a candle what's your address and that's it because i i don't know i just admire them and i would love the photography again I was a, I am bad at photography, so I'm, you know, always like collecting pictures of my candles. Right. <laughs> and right. so, like, 
for me, it was really obvious just to send candles to people that I admire and collaborate, wanted to collaborate with and everyone was extremely willing to do so. So that was an awesome way to get in front of good brands that I felt like shared the same demographic as I wanted to capture, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, you like it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it sort of mirrored the it mirrors the company itself. So it's like, okay, yeah. these are candles that I would want. This mm-hmm. is the gap that I see. So perhaps it's like the same thing with a brand. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like this brand. I like my candles. This I see these going together. Yeah, exactly. Other people probably will too. Yeah. And it would be like a natural, it wouldn't be a very high-end price point company. You know what I mean? I, it's not that those kinds of people don't shop my company. It's just... I want everyone to feel like they have an accessible candle, if that makes sense, for an accessible price point. It's one of the first things that I noticed. Mm -hmm. The audience I'm trying to capture, um, I want them to feel good about burning the candle. And I I feel like a lot of our millennial age group, we spend a lot of money on things that make us feel good. And I feel like a candle shouldn't be something that we have to spend a lot of money for, you know, because if you can't afford it, I will teach you how to make it. You can go on my website, I'll, you know, you can get tin cans and fill them out or old coffee cups, shot glasses, whatever you can find. We'll make candles and then burn them. And that's it. That's like the coolest thing because either way you should have the experience, you know, I mean, I'll teach you how, or I'll, give you a candle <laughs> or sell you one if you, you know, want to actually buy it. Yeah. No, we're trying to sell, sell, sell. That's what we're trying to do for you. Um, yeah, business manager. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> Another question about entrepreneurial stuff. So yeah. you had this 60-hour week oh, God, gig. Yeah. Okay, you were doing this on the side. Yeah. Um, at what point did you feel comfortable enough where you're like – Let's do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. So that was one of the hardest decisions I think I've made for myself because it was a lot of um, getting over the linear path of, I went to college for this. I have a career in this. This is how things feel good. So a lot of it was getting over that mental land landscape, I guess, or hurdle and then once I got over that, I actually understood the books and I looked at the books and once my income from Flores could match my income from my previous job, the job I had, then I felt good about jumping ship. So, you know, it was a little bit of, it was a two-pronged attack, more of like my self-awareness and self-emotion as well as my finances. So, I mean, because so much I mean as women but also as humans we're programmed to follow that path of okay you've put a hundred grand into all of your education now you have to go do something to prove yourself and then you're you know you're showing up to your nine to five every day and you're like well is this it like is this it you know and so breaking that cycle of like almost a habit of showing up and you know turning on like a robot you can still do that but then also turn on afterwards to do something that you love and that's something that like I would come I would get home from work I would take an hour and then I would start creating 
and I would stop I wouldn't stop until I was tired and sometimes it would be two or three in the morning and luckily when I moved to LA I was surrounded with people doing that same thing and it helped me facilitate that identity that I was leaving behind and picking up and it was it helped me make it okay um and I was I don't know I don't know how to else to describe it is the environment in LA is I know everyone is like dog and on LA but it's so supportive here especially the artistry and like the women entrepreneurial like the environment here is just insane and I wish I could describe it to you we're all just so supportive it's like there's some sort of hustle out here yeah but there it's like it is supportive and I think actually that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast is because I think people have a certain idea who don't live here of what LA is, and it mm-hmm. is, yeah, it, no. that like yes. everything that people think it is, it is that. But yeah. there are people that come out of the woodwork that you don't even expect. I know. And there is a lot of support here, and like there are a lot of people doing awesome things. And I just like want to sort of share that. I know. I think that's so important. Um, I. I always am available and I'm putting myself out there as a resource if you want to hit me up. Um, I mean, I'm not like a lawyer or a business manager, but I've been through it all. So um, feel free to DM me on my personal account or Flores, whatever. Flores Lane. Flores Lane. Sorry. Yeah. Flores Lane. Even though it's not a real street. No. It's a candle street. It's a understand this saying my mom told me this she said if you have a good accountant and you have a good attorney they'll save you more money than they cost you and I was like uh what the hell because I didn't understand that but then I'm realizing I'm getting so much more back on my taxes I'm not getting fined for things I'm just doing things correctly legally but then also I'm verifying information with my lawyer they're talking to each other my bookkeeper is talking to my accountant who is talking to my lawyer and who is reporting you know, this to the Secretary of State, who they're filing my trademarks, and la la la. So I had to let go of a lot of that and push that out to that. But anyway, you have to create your team of people that you trust, and it's gonna take a while. It's not gonna be like, I'm gonna wake up and find an attorney tomorrow because that's what I need. No, you need to date attorneys, not literally, but like <laughs> find, you know, find one that you feel comfortable calling when you, you are feeling weird at 11 p.m. on a Wednesday. You get a contract from a vendor and you're like, but they said net 60 on the phone and now they have net 15 and I feel awkward talking to them about it. Call your attorney. I'll be like, yo, let me let me figure this out or, you know, whatever. That's good. You know, it's so true. There's small things that they can really help you with and if it's their good attorney they won't charge you for it (laughs) like just like a quick like yo what's up like blah 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 you know that's it I mean then you have formal calls then of course they charge you but you know whatever so a good accountant good bookkeeper good attorney say it man that's good yeah that's good that's good advice well thank you for being here today thanks for having me yeah Florence Lane Candles woohoo are there any um 
new collections you're brewing up right now or thinking about? I think Actually, I saw something on your Instagram. I have a few. Yeah, I have a few things that are kind of happening. Um, I'm going to do Flores Lane London and hopefully do a couple of spots in Europe. So that's the thing that I'm most excited about and because I lived in London. So it has a very special place in my heart. I hope you're inspired by Trisha's story and her commitment to offering affordable luxury candles. Be sure to check out all of the collections at floreslane.com. That's F-L-O-R-E-S Lane. Also check out Flores Lane on Instagram to see what they're cooking up in the candle world. Thanks for tuning in to LA Woman. Please do us a salad and subscribe and rate on iTunes. We're also at LAWomanPodcast.com and at LA Woman Podcast on Instagram. Let's keep inspiring each other as LA women and as women everywhere. One more thing. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Julie Roth. Our music was composed by Jazar. See ya.